Hello there, my name is Merc, aka The Canardian, and this is level... level 37. Geez, going back to my Warp Whistle video game days. This is episode 37 of the Holocron Chronicles. I'm joined, as always, by my favorite co-pilot in all the galaxy, Charlie Curtin. Charlie! Uh, I'm flying the bus. Oh, it's going good, man. Sunday night. Sunday night we worked a, a Comic-Con. I was wearing my other hat, my Star Trek hat, because as you know, the wife and I run the Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club. So we were at the show about 30 minutes from here. And uh, it was it's just always great to see people and talk to people about the club. And everything. So yeah, it was a good time. But now it's later on Saturday night, Sunday night, and I'm a little... So I'm glad I'm talking about <laughs> Star Trek to keep... Or Star Wars. Oh, God. Star Wars. Just to keep it going. <laughs> If that's the only time the Star Trek Star Wars thing happens in this episode, I'll be very surprised after you spent a whole weekend as, as engaged. Well, as well, you should be surprised. Very, yes, yeah, for sure. Very surprised. For sure. Well, we are also joined by a very special guest. Someone I'm a, a very big fan of. If you've listened to this show for any time, we've had a couple of her co-hosts on, and it's about time we had M. AKA the Hut Slayer from <laughs> Pink Milk. Em, how are you doing tonight? Hi, everybody. Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for sharing your space with me. Oh, and, yeah. Thank and you. For I would here. almost say, as opposed to being a very special guest for the topic of the show, she's perhaps a very special ghost. <laughs> what do you think? Hans. <laughs> It's like it's like I'm doing a show with Brian all the time. I, I <laughs> You're still feel right at home. Mark has been known. Mark has also been known to throw in a pun or two. Shout out to it's Mark. A, it's a Mark thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think and, and I think Mark is the only person I haven't had from uh, from Pink Milk. So Mark, Soon. I'm coming for you. You're Soon. on the list. That's uh, right. Let's, let's talk. We'll we'll go uh, set something up. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, what is new? In the pink milk world, you want to give us a little update for anyone uh, that might not be fully caught up on pink milk. What are you guys up to? Yeah. Oh, a bunch of cool stuff. So um, obviously, we're very proud to be part of the Amadala Initiative, a fundraiser for Equality Texas. Very important. Please go to Twitter. Um, Amadala Helps is the at. Uh, Amadala Helps. Please go and click every link. Take a look at all of the cool stuff that's going on. We have people who are designing special merch in their, in their online shops. Chase did a charity uh, web stream on Saturday. Yeah, I was just going to say, he, he just raised a, a bunch of money. Yeah. He just was, raised a bunch of money. Sorry. Yeah. I, I'm, he, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, both are okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, there, there was like, there's so many things that are happening. I mean, Ben is the powerhouse behind all of it. Ben is the worst. BYN is the worst on Twitter. Such a great, oh, such a great fan. Like, great person to be in community with and yeah this this is such a worthy cause so i really encourage everyone to go out there and support amandel initiative however you can for as long as the fundraiser is running absolutely i will include those links in the show notes as well so it'll be easy to find if you're listening and you're like oh what did, what 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 just happened uh <laughs> don't worry check the notes pause the show it's it's okay it's okay you don't have to get everything all at once as we're saying it it will be there uh well that's that's awesome yeah yeah you guys do some great stuff some amazing awareness uh you're like such such an amazing amazing show uh with oh, with pink milk you. i love the realness 
that comes when you all talk about it. It's so it's so weird in a way that it's like my favorite Star Wars show, but it's so much more than that. It's like there's other shows that I listen to, whether it's video games, Star Wars, or whatever. That it's like loosely based around that topic of like everything kind of like you can tie in Star Wars and you'll talk about things, but it it is so much more than that. It, it becomes so real and so important. Uh, and I, I just very much appreciate everything that pink milk does uh, for, for just everyone, whether, and Brian always talks about how he's surprised when like hetero cis guys are like, <laughs> dude, I love your show. And I'm one of those. And I listen every week to both shows mm. and I'm like, I love it. I'm like sitting in my car and like have to pull over and just like, breathe for a second because the stories get so real but then i'm also like also hey rebels is cool like it's just it's you get, and it, you just change it so easy so i i very much appreciate everything you guys do thank you well you know we always say like our brand is authenticity like oftentimes we'll have discussions behind the scenes with questions about like where the show is going or choices that we've made about content and the thing that we always come back to is just that we're just trying to be authentic uh because that's what people respond to you know like we want to have an audience that is engaged and that gets something out of listening to the show and maybe is able to even make some realizations about themselves or go on a personal journey and like when people do that that's such a huge gift to us so we just want more of that so you know that's really our goal with pink milk you know and and you know brian has been very open about how important the stories of star wars have been to him emotionally you know like and i've talked about that too you know and mark and chase you know it's it's an important part of their lives as well and so yeah i I think it just comes through that we're very authentic and and that these stories are capable of really touching your heart and also you know being a sort of a guide that you can use to enter into a new understanding of yourself or your life or what it means to be human you know big philosophical questions Mm -hmm. you know i think that's very true about star wars so i think it lends itself really well to you know having an interchange of talking about you know the the stories the characters things that might seem superficial but also about how they reflect and speak to like our inner journeys as human beings Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. I, I have to say, I love when you come up with your writer's perspective on things. <laughs> because I'm sitting there and I'm like, pew pew space battle. Or, I'm like, that's cool because it's cool. And you come up with like the most philosophically deep stuff that's like the meaning behind the meaning behind the meaning of this thing. Is it? And every single per- like, Everyone has to like they they hate following you up a lot of the times because they're like, what can I add? You and I'm sitting kind. there again, like I'm like just like, wow, holy crap! Like you are on another level with your understanding and interpretation of a lot of this stuff. So I can't wait to dive down into uh, Return of the Jedi with you a little bit later. Ooh, yes, uh, but yes. first, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, Especially for, for anyone that hasn't listened to uh, to Pink Milk that might not know you as much. Let's get to know you and let's get to know your Star Wars story. So first off, the big question, how did you get into Star Wars? 
yeah, so I got into Star Wars as a little child. Um, I was a kindergartner, and my babysitter had a VHS copy of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> and would put it on to entertain me. So That's I watched. What you saw? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And okay. I feel like, and I feel like it was a good introduction to start the Star Wars movies because I think if I had been like a five or six year old watch trying to watch A New Hope, I probably would have found it boring. Hmm. Like a lot of talking in white hallways. You know, not not very interesting. <laughs> Whereas Return of the Jedi, you know, it kicks off with action, mystery, mm-hmm. intrigue, adventure, stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it was a good. Uh, I, I felt like it was it, it really grabbed my attention as a child. You know, right. Um, and so as soon as my mom realized that I really loved this movie, she encouraged me to have an interest in star wars and to have toys and and all of that stuff and like and watch the other movies because and like expand on the stories of these characters um you know because she was an outspoken feminist and she loved that there was a strong female character who wasn't like overly sexualized so you know it really it really um and also of course like she was aware of carrie fisher's other work and she she loved carrie fisher like as a writer and as a person um so i mean how could you not so yeah like it was just there was this whole atmosphere of sort of approval around me being into star wars that really helped give me access you know to the toys in the movies and stuff as I was growing up. So that's awesome. Did that's you have any awesome. toys? What, what toys stood out to you? Like- oh, I loved having, I had the little action figure of Leia in the, in the Ewok village dress and the little Ooh, wicket. Awesome. And I used to like put them in my mom's, um, like potted plants and like pretend <laughs> that they were on Andor. <laughs> it's like all the yeah. foliage around I- I know we had something like that, um, and I would do it in the in the, my grandparents' house when I was growing up. They had it was very seventies. They had one of those like full length walls with the fake plants, like floored ceiling with mirror oh, background, yeah. and it was it was Dagobah <laughs> all the live long day. And I know later on, my uncle had like a terrarium that I think he put Yoda in himself as an adult. Cool. So it's like, I yeah, you know, th- th- there's always D- Dagobah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Dagobah vibes <laughs> in my past, so I kind of dig on that. That's very cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> that yeah. awesome. Uh, so, wow, Jedi, the first movie. I, I think that's the first time we've heard of right. Return of the Jedi being the right. first movie. For sure. Is that still your favorite or is another movie surpassed that? It is favorite? still my it is favorite. Awesome. It is, yes. Good good guess to have then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. And not that we'd hold it against you if you had another favorite movie, you know, that's that's fine. That's good. Uh but but good good stuff. I'm I'm feeling this is my favorite movie as well. So oh, yay. we're oh, yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. feeling I'm feeling good about tonight's uh, well, show. I hope I'm gonna be able to now I feel like the, the, the third wheel. So now I'm gonna have to try to keep up. Not, not being yeah, the, I've got the, my... the Jedi super lover, but I'll see <laughs> hopefully I can, you know, bring something to the table. We'll see what turns out. I've got my finger hanging above uh, the hang-up button on your neck. So, <laughs> oh, no. 
one step at a no i'm just joking charlie i love you but uh, i'm not gonna kick you off uh, if, I, if i haven't already i mean i can't um, i can't believe we survived after the last two episodes uh having me on and i saw her today she was at the show with us uh doing a thing on her own and talking about our episode and 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 bringing up how we had some not great things to say about the prequels and the fact that we haven't just been burned to the ground by all of our you know prequel loving co-hosts and obviously audience so i guess there's room for everything <laughs> that's on you guys i like the prequels I, that's where i started in lego star wars they're not my favorite but i do like the prequels uh, i also love the prequels i actually love like all of star wars even the movies that i would even the movie that i would put at the very 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 bottom I still find things to love about it. I, in particularly playing Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga right now, even that rekindles the love in films that I'm like, mm, like even episode one or maybe, you know, uh, the, the Rise of Skywalker where it's kind of like, Rrr. but it's like, oh, well, playing that Lego makes it new again. And, you know, maybe this is a better plot development if if everything just burst with studs when you shot it. You know why? I mean, I'm, I'm down with it. <laughs> or all the lightsabers became baguettes, which is one of the extras that you get to add on. On as you go yeah i i you know for me it was between that or the porg companion i chose the porg companion All right yes and you her name is right her name is porg trisha oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with her is that she's very feisty mm-hmm. and sometimes like when i was on tatooine with the stormtroopers that are just in the landing bay mm-hmm. She like we were just walking past them, and if you try to just walk past them, they won't they they won't like aggro you like they're they won't. Mm. But she went and like kicked one in the face, and so it immediately started a fight that I didn't want to have. What? I no, no I got to keep an eye out for that. Damn. Yeah. So if you do use the porg and you're trying to go stealth, don't don't right. because it won't work. Go go. I never try to go stealth. I'm just <laughs> that that suits me. If the porg wants to pick a fight, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Unpo- don't don't unporg it. But anyway, uh, with, yeah. Uh, with with your love of Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, I don't know if you even have to ask your favorite character, but I'm going to just in case it's someone different. <laughs> um, she's up there. Honestly, I would have to pick a different character for each trilogy. Okay, yeah, that's fine. um. So yes, yeah, so we do have. Yeah, Princess Leia is probably in the original trilogy is my favorite character. In the prequels, my favorite character is Anakin. And in the sequel trilogy, my favorite character is Rey. Excellent. All right. Very good. And here is my here's my Princess Leia tattoo. Wow. Ooh. It says Hut Slayer underneath it. Ooh, nice. Um Great place for a Star Wars tattoo, I do have to say. Well, you know, this is actually covering up a much worse tattoo. I don't often talk okay. about that, but this is a cover up. We won't we won't push on it. We won't push on it. Um, Please don't. I've been like on a mad Star Wars tattoo design run lately, and I don't know if I'll get them all, but like I keep coming up with different concepts for Star Wars tattoos, and I'm like, I need to rob a bank and uh, get with, more. with all those tattoos, they catch you in a minute. Yeah, I it's know. true. It's it's very terrible. distinctive. Um, so yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll keep moving on. Uh, based on your favorite movies, characters, everything, I think I might know the answer to this, but I have to ask: light side or dark side? If you had some force powers, oh, dark side, one hundred percent. Oh wow, man. Oh. just like Todd, right to it, right to wow. it. No hesitation, and this <laughs> completely surprised me. What? Hold on. Okay. Yes. 
Because my, my love of Star Wars is <laughs> in the, in the universe is complex, okay? So let's... <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Oh, well, here's the thing, is that I find it fascinating that you could have this connection to the universe, like, this connection to the, like, the life force of everything that exists, and also be able to plug into, like, the dark side of that. Because, like, even in our culture, like, we see people who are attuned to the sacred energy of life as inherently benevolent. Mm. And, you know, for us, like, when we think about people who are spiritual or who are, like, on a spiritual path, it's usually seen as something that is inherently good or that is going to contribute to, you know, wanting, inherently wanting to do good. And I find it really fascinating, the thought of people who can be attuned to that energy, that life energy, and not choose goodness. That speaks to, like, the complexity of humanity for me. For sure. For sure. So... I do have to follow up on that one with a curiosity because we've seen what the dark side can do to that connection. Um, and it, my, my initial thought was severing enough of the connection. So the dark side people aside from, you could arguably be arguably say Anakin coming back. But when he came back, he was coming back to the light and then he died and he was able to be a force ghost. But aside from <laughs> that one tiny weird little caveat, we have not seen a dark side user be able to tap into that life force energy and come back as a force ghost, like someone on the light side. So does you mean that like be a part of the living force after yeah, becoming part of the cosmic exactly, force? Exactly, yeah. Right. So well, a, but a, here's the thing is that we don't know the whole story either because right. I mean like the lesson that Luke teaches Ray is seems to imply that the dark side is a natural part of the world and that it will always exist and it's impossible to eradicate it. Mm-hmm. And that that ideally one is not to live in the dark or the light, but to seek balance. You know, like balance comes up over and over and over mm-hmm. again in the story, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't see the dark side as like inherently um like I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's misunderstood. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, like, that, like even on Mortis, you know, like, yeah. the brother had to exist alongside with the sister. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I just feel like, I feel like we haven't truly seen balance in Star Wars. Like, we haven't seen that no. story yet. But just because we haven't seen that story doesn't mean the possibility doesn't exist. And also, I mean, you know, just the, like, uh, the the force the existence of force users is more complex than what we have seen like it's becoming more and more obvious as we get more stories in this universe mm-hmm. that jedi and force adept are not the same thing and that jedi is just one path of mm-hmm. how to handle because like what what we've learned through these stories is basically that you know it's like how do you solve the problem of you have this one group of people who are much more powerful than everyone else around them. And that power is potentially destructive. So how do you handle that? How do you handle 
you know, and, and inspire people to use that power responsibly. Well, the Jedi path is a philosophy that if you follow it, you are using your power in a way that is responsible and that is constructive and not destructive, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you could argue that there are other paths, Mm-hmm. you know and, and other philosophies on how to use that power i mean like night sisters are a good example you know like they don't even use kyber to focus the force mm-hmm. they use ichor you know and so it's like that's just one example of a force user who is capable of tapping into this power in a way that hasn't really been examined mm-hmm. in the in the skywalker saga you know, so there's more out there. There's more to explore, I would say. Yeah. And even, I mean, going back just to the Jedi, if we look at specifically just that, like they became, I'm just going to straight out say they became pretty radicalized. Because <laughs> if you look at the High Republic stuff, like it was very much encouraged to explore the Force. Like, yes, you could still be considered a Jedi, but like exploring that, it was more, uh, you know, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual kind of thing. Like it was that kind of like go on your own path, explore you your way, like mm-hmm. tune into the force how you want. And you saw a lot more variation on like the interpretations of the force, of the light side, of this, of that. And it, to me, it like it got so radicalized. What are like, you know, starting in the, the prequel trilogy, you saw this kind of like uh, very serious and then afterwards like it was you know you're down to like a handful of jedi left so like what are you gonna do but like even in that like they were so full of themselves they're so like um just a a bastardized version of of what they they were so yeah i i always say i want to see more exploration of like force powers in general not maybe necessarily sith jedi whatever but um, yeah all right and and, and I, you know, I mean, I would, this is probably going to get people to write angry letters, but I would posit that, you know, the story of the, the Star Wars films is, or especially the prequels, that it's a, it's a blueprint for how democracy becomes corrupted. And I would say that High Republic to prequels to original trilogy is a blueprint for how religion gets corrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I was kind of trying you know? to say that without saying it. So <laughs> it's fine. You know what? I am the brave one, and I listen. I can't. I can't get. I. You, I'm uncancelable. Okay, like I'm a Raylo on Twitter, so like you, you cannot cancel me. I'm like a cockroach. Uh, uh, you'll need a nuke. You'll need a nuke, and even then, I'll probably survive. So. Still, that's that's good. I like that. I like that. Uh, so okay, I am utterly confused with what your answer is going to be for this next one. So I'm not even going to try to guess. I love to defy expectations. <laughs> what is your lightsaber color of choice? Pink. Fuck. <laughs> How bad if I fucking tried? I was like, um, okay. I'm actually super disappointed. So uh, for Star Wars Celebration, uh, Brian and Chase and I all have appointments to go build lightsabers at Galaxy's oh, Edge. Awesome. And I'm so bummed that I cannot have a crystal that will give me a pink lightsaber. That is correct. Dream the impossible dream. Oh, I'm gonna, however. I'm gonna get blue. Okay, good, good call, good call. Um, I will say that if anyone's looking for a lightsaber, not just you specifically, uh, but I, I do have an affiliate link with Level Up Lightsaber, and all of their lightsabers can cycle through 
a rainbow of colors <laughs> and pink is one of the options i was rocking a pink lightsaber the other day chasing my son around oh he was rocking goodness. a red saber so uh i i would just cycled through and stopped at pink and was like all right you're getting it <laughs> um and uh oh yeah no when i when i built cal's lightsaber in fallen order it was pink perfect yeah i really i was hoping um orange would be the default mm -hmm. there but it seems like they're going with blue based on the galaxy's edge replica saber saber uh and that's I understand that because it was blue in the, the cutscenes for the, the past, but I kind of hoped that uh, orange would be the new default once he went mm -hmm. and got his new Kyber crystal, just yeah. because uh, orange was like that special pre-order color. So I kind of yeah. wanted like a variation of something. So I'd love to see like pink, orange, something <laughs> like let's break yeah. loose and do something different. Um, well, that is... I. I had no idea where you're going with most of those answers. So thank you for the roller coaster ride. Wow. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's jump into some news. We, uh, and, we, uh, we, uh, due to all that exposition, we may have to go a little quickly through the news or we could be. Yeah, no, we're, I we're, really, we're, really definitely want to sink into Jedi. So we don't want to run. Absolutely. Time, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make this quick. Uh, first off, Amy Hennig's studio is making a star Wars game. This was just announced last week. Skydance new media is the name of the studio. Uh, and they are going to be making a triple A Star Wars game with Lucasfilm Games. It's going to be narrative driven action adventure. And I'm very excited. Uh, Amy Hennig is a, a big Star Wars fan. She tried, I think, to, to make a Star Wars game years ago that got shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, so her, her quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, mm. shaping my creative life and future indelibly. We've seen some shit. I don't have to tell you, M, that the, the, the Star Wars gaming space has gone through a bit of the ringer with uh let's not even mention the the, the studio that somehow is still making an inexplicable star wars game oh boy don't yeah. want to give them any more airtime. one one thing i will always say i think it's a great quote and even being somebody who's not really a gamer is to think about how we are living in this great era john favreau is a great example where we have people who are part of this culture that we all love uh, that are shaping the stories that are being written. You know, I, I think of Favreau first, obviously, with with Iron Man and, and the MCU that followed, but certainly he's worked with The Mandalorian and, and people like Filoni. You know, this, this is truly the time where, uh, you know, the, the, the banner has been, you know, the, the, the baton has been passed uh, to a generation of people who are just like us. Uh, who are some pretty damn skilled storytellers, uh, you know, as they get rained down upon fire by some for it. Uh, I, you know, what kind of like, you know, an office space with Michael Bolton, I celebrate his entire catalog. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a spectacular thing to watch. It is. It is. So I'm, as someone who, like, so if you don't know Amy Hennig, uh, she previously worked on the, un, uh, the Uncharted uh, series with Naughty Dog, which uh, Charlie, if you haven't watched any of the Uncharted stuff, I don't know if you saw the new movie either with Tom Holland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though that I did uh, see. Yeah, very enjoyable. Basically just Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Just like, hey, we want to make an Indiana Jones game. We can't get the license. Let's make up this character and throw him into some shit. Uh, some of my absolute favorite games on PlayStation. So hearing that, that she's doing a narrative driven action adventure star Wars game is like two thumbs up quantic. Who <laughs> let's move on. Uh, M how did you feel about this announcement? Oh, amazing. I mean, more star Wars games, please from 
uh, places that are not homophobic, please. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I've just heard bits and pieces, but yeah, like you said, no more airtime about that nonsense. Yeah. I I haven't played Uncharted, actually. It's not really um, my... Like it's not, it's not a genre that I would really <clears throat> um, like. That would be my first choice. Um, I yeah, no, it's just it's just not my thing. I like other things. I I mean like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, like that's more my style. Um, Assassin's Creed. I am an Assassin's Creed fiend. Oh, yeah. um, but you know, I mean, so like I mean, I'm familiar with like the style of gameplay. It's just, um, but yeah, so this is very exciting to me. And yeah, I love, I love, like Amy Hennig has a great reputation just like for story. And I'm always here for a good story. Like that's the most yeah. important thing to me. So very quickly, Charlie, what kind of game, like what, if you could pick a faction or a setting or something, what game would you want her to make? Keeping in mind, again, narrative story action adventure kind of game i want to and this has been echoed by by our partner extra as well i want to see uh something that happens after the rise of skywalker uh mm. i want i want to see things move forward not move backwards not that moving all the way back and touching a kotor kind of or high republic uh timeline wouldn't be uh something exciting but Break new ground and take a step beyond. You know, make it Battlefront Three and pick up those threads mm-hmm. uh, that ended that game. That could that could certainly be an interesting possibility. So yeah, awesome. Um, we, same we, question. We will know. Oh, I already I already have my idea for a Star Wars video game, and uh, it is that you it's told from first person perspective, and you are born in like a lower level of Coruscant like you're like a street rat you're like nobody and nothing and you start fighting your way up towards gaining more influence and becoming stronger and once so you there's like the first third of the game is just you like fighting your way up from being like a street urchin to like basically like leading like a street gang and like you know doing the whole sort of organized crime type like you know influence gathering and then once you get off planet you start encountering these really powerful creatures and you fight them and you realize that you can steal their force powers when you defeat them in battle so you start gaining this collection of like cool things that you can do with the force you know like it's a very typical video game mechanic right of like Mm. gathering skills as you go and then at the end of the game you find out that you're Ren ooh fascinating shit okay I like it yeah (laughs) very cool uh, I, I had a very different approach to this game. I was kind of <laughs> hoping just Uncharted in space, to be honest. <laughs> Bounty hunter, explorer kind of thing. Uh, similar to Charlie, I actually do kind of want it po- uh, like post everything we've seen so far and have someone that's basically just out trying to collect, whether you're doing this for Ray or for someone else. But I think it would be kind of cool that Ray sends you on these missions. Uh, so kind of crossing paths you know what and would you're be trying to collect Sith and, and Jedi artifacts. And you stuff. know what would be so cool would be if, um, yeah, if you were doing this for Rey, who's building a new Jedi order or whatever, and the archivist is Cal. Oh. Because he would be like in his seventies, yes. right? In his yep. like seventies. So yeah, yep. so he'd be like his old. He'd be like old Cal. Oh man. Yep. Hundred percent. I'm. Yep. 
you just completed that <laughs> whole thought for me. Thank you. That's a good collaboration. Uh, I like where that went. Um, all right. So the next bit of news, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting his own theme song. Thanks to the legendary John Williams coming back, joining the series composer, Natalie Holt, to create a theme song for Obi-Wan Kenobi when he got word, apparently, John Williams got word that they were making an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. He approached Kathleen Kennedy and said, now this is according to Holt, not a quote from John Williams, but come on, this is the cutest effing thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I just do write, I just want to write Benny a theme song. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Benny. Come on. I love it. Come on. It's adorable. What? It's so That's cute. the cutest friggin' thing I've ever heard. I don't. I, I have nothing else to add to that story. I just wanted to say, Benny, uh, what do you guys think of that? Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I, the man never writes a bad note. You know what I mean? So the fact that this was obviously, I, I would say, probably intensely personal to him. He was the one who put his foot in the clay. It really made his bones around. Obviously, he did music in Jaws, which preceded Star Wars, but. All of the themes that you hear, even just in the first movie, which would be particularly relevant to you know seeing Obi Wan for the first time, um, are iconic uh, globally over the last forty plus years. So, no matter what he is going to click down with this, it's going to be something that you will find unforgettable. So, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait. Yeah. Um? Oh, I'm all here for it. Like, I, I cannot wait to, like, load that up on Spotify and just listen to it from beginning to end with my eyes closed. Like, it's going to be amazing and so moving. Like, the understanding that John has for these characters, like, he's lived with them for so long. And and even, like, his work on the sequel trilogy and just, ugh, it just shows how at home he is in the world of Star Wars. Yeah. And the way he's also, like, put little clever little Easter eggs in songs for us and, like, done these little, like, sort of, you know, as Wagner called them, like, light light motifs, mm-hmm. you know, in the songs. And, like, oh, just, I just, oh, I'm so ready for it. I'm really yeah. excited to he's, hear it. I can't he's an wait. absolute master, and I can't wait to hear what he comes up with for this. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, okay. The news over Charlie, you wanted to jump into Jedi. So let's do it. It goes. Oh no, I didn't. Uh, Oh God. Thank you for posting my, uh, my Wikipedia. Is this the Wikipedia link? Oh, of course I did. You're not going to let and sell me short. on being able to read my opening crawl with such drama. Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire has secretly begun construction of a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for a small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. Dot, 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 no fourth dot. Oh, no fourth dot. Oh I don't, I, I honestly don't know how to feel about the, the, hey, if you didn't know our, our, our esteemed guest, uh, each one of these crawls that I've gotten to read for our last two episodes did have the uh, grammatically incorrect four dot ellipsis. So, this is either a misprint or there could be some 
vile meaning within this that is yet to be discovered. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. I'm kind of scared. Anyway. I'll have to rewatch the the opening crawl and yes, uh, to to figure see, that out. To see if That's it some is. hardcore researching we're doing here on Holocron Chronicles. It's got to have it. And fitting with the first quote in here, the emperor is not as forgiving as I. So if I find that somebody is screwed up in typing this, I will rain down that Sith lightning on this page. I'm just kidding. I will do nothing of the sort. Listen, but, don't ruin Wikipedia following me on Twitter. I oh. swear I will come at you with every color lightsaber I have. Oh my gosh. It's, um, it's, it's the pinks and the blues. You have to be that scared of, I guess. <laughs> so I think anyone listening to this is probably going to be familiar uh, with that. So we went over the opening crawl. Uh, let's talk about some of our favorite story points and favorite stuff in Return of the Jedi, a.k.a. Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, yes. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Uh, I, I love that they changed it so last minute that there were right. posters printed it's for awesome. this. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And that the, uh, the subsequent third film of the uh, prequel trilogy is Revenge of the Sith. So they thought, yeah, the, you know, the Jedi might not do Revenge, but the Sith, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> they, uh, all the live long day. It's 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 their middle name. It's Austin. Austin, yeah, Austin Danger Powers Revenge of the Sith. Just watch out. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I dug the whole, the, the first act with the, you know, the, it, it felt like an episode of It's Always Sunny, uh, re- retroactively. The, the gang breaks on out of Jabba's palace. All the whole wacky, like, first we're going to send in the droids and, and, and gift him the droids. Then we're going to send in Leia in disguise and gift him Chewbacca. Or, or do this weird bounty, you know, thing where she threatens him so that she gets to hang around in his scuzz bag menagerie. Then we'll get hot out and that'll be good. Uh, and then when that fucking ghost hits up, then Luke will come in and he's going to be, he's going to go and swing in his dick. Oh, well, you don't, you're not messing with me, dude. <laughs> and get down to the Rancor pit. And he's going to find his way out of that. And then we're going to get out on the skiffs. But I, I really knew this was going to happen the whole time, which is why R2 is loaded with my lightsaber. And he's going to make it up on deck at the exact right moment and shoot it in the air at the exact right moment that I can jump up and catch it. And Lando's there driving. And it's just like, <laughs> Did they, I mean, was this like, you know how later in the film we see they're on home one with, with the big, uh, the big projector screen and they show the Death Star. Did they sit around this and like each of them was on a keypad <laughs> and it was like storyboarding for a movie? Boop, 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 boop. Ah, no, I think. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. And then they're like, it's fighting kind of like the Dejaric uh, chess game in, in, in Millennium Falcon. It's like, how do, how do they come up with this shit? And then again, it's just like, and it all worked out. Yay! And they do the they do like the eighties jump where it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that was that was the end of the first act of this film because it was just all so dramatically implausible that any of that shit would come together the way that it did. But hey, it's movie magic. It's Star Wars. Leia in a gold uh, bikini. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, to the end of my childhood when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, d- yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the, the opening scene for this movie, I have said this before, is is like my favorite thing in Star Wars. Like, just especially okay for me, Star Wars can boil right down to Luke dressed in black, flipping through the desert with his green lightsaber. Like, if I think of Star Wars, that's the first <laughs> image that pops into my head. 
And that's it. It doesn't matter if it was implausible. It doesn't matter if it was like, this does not make any sense. It doesn't matter that his lightsaber was green because it didn't show up against the blue sky as a blue lightsaber. Doesn't matter. When someone says Star Wars, that's what comes into my head. And that's what made like 10 year old Mark make this his favorite movie. And my brain hasn't evolved too much since then. So um, fill us in on your, your like favorite bits of this. Like what's, this is your favorite movie, your favorite star Wars movie. Let's uh, why maybe so many things so many things like yeah like luke i mean mean, well okay leia rescuing han like a plus plus love it princess does the rescuing i'm here for it all day every day and then of course her second badass moment of choking jabba out with the chain it's such a great like expression of the whole theme of breaking oppression it's like yeah okay if someone's gonna put a chain around your neck well you're gonna choke them out with it that's what happens. You know, F around to find out. That's what <laughs> and, and, and absolutely not in a sexy way. Because what is that? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I love the ambiguity of Luke at the beginning. Like, mm. you know, you see him. He shows up all in black. He's being all mysterious and cool. And, like, the last time you saw him, he was, like, this little wavering twink you know and so it kind of puts this idea in your mind of like okay well like what has happened like has he turned to the dark side like what's going on Mm -hmm. especially since you know the previous film brought the revelation that darth vader was his father which means he has that inside of him Mm -hmm. you know it's like this fulfillment of the promise of you know his parentage which is just so interesting to me and and it creates this great narrative tension and what else do I love about this movie? <laughs> so many things. Um, you know, Luke saying goodbye to Yoda. Um, like, I, it was so emotional for me to watch as a kid. And it, mm-hmm. it, still, it still hits, like, so hard. Um, you know, the, the fact that we see the fulfillment of Han's character arc, you know, in... A New Hope, he's out for himself, all he cares about is money. Leia tells him that, you know? It's obvious. And by the end of Return of the Jedi, if Leia wanted to be with Luke and he wasn't her brother, he says he's willing to step aside. It's like, you know, he's found this beautiful woman who could be the love of his life and his partner and his equal... And he finally cares about something other than his own gratification. So it's like the end of his arc, you know, like he's Mm -hmm. become this fully realized human being who cares about more than just like how many credits are in his bank account, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and touching, you know, the fact that he does that gesture. Um, And then there's the, the funny things in the movie you know, the shrug, like Han's shrug is just legendary. It's so great. It's the, uh, it it gives me lent for my famous, uh, my favorite meme about that, which is the great harvest bread with the lights burned out where it says great Vespro and it's on just going. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, this movie has everything. It has adventure, action, intrigue, you know, the pew pews, romance, 
you know, it's just, and it has a happy ending. It's the, mm-hmm. I, I always say it's the only movie out of all of them that has a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone, well, yeah. Gets, everyone gets what they want, you know? Yeah. The bad, right. Like, the bad guys are defeated, the good guys won, mm-hmm. and, like, everyone is set up to have the life that they want to have. And, mm-hmm. and and with a uh, a nonstop uh, party twenty four seven party people Ewok mixer uh, playing on the uh, empty helmets of all the stormtroopers <laughs> that they're eating. I was just gonna say they definitely ate those stormtroopers hundred percent. And uh, it mentioned- goes without saying, tastes tastes like chicken. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned memes, and M, you brought up one of my favorite memes. But moments, but like in, you brought it up in a serious way, but like I know I'm very close to this moment of like having a kid ask me so many questions that I just roll over and pass <laughs> away. <laughs> Dies. And just like I know I'm like this close to that moment. Like Finn picks up new words every day, and I'm like, he's Why? just gonna get to there. Yeah. Why? Um, no. 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 This is my favorite one. Is no. Yeah. No. Yeah. You'll be thrilled when you get to the point where they uh, just contradict anything that you said, even if you're like, "Poop is brown." Well, no, it's no. not. Well, the sky, the sky is blue. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. He could be reaching for a bottle, and I'm like, "Do you want this bottle?" I'm like, "No." I don't even yeah, care. You did. I don't even yeah. care. I don't even uh, care. So I'm I'm at that point. I am very close to Yoda. Uh, I know I'm like maybe a year away, probably less than the, to 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 get yeah. that, that bombardment right. of toddler questions that makes me want to roll over and pass out and uh, join the force. Oh, that's uh, right. So that Love that it. literally one of my favorite memes because I know I'm so close to that. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, there, there are some great like meme moments in this. Some great like heartfelt moments and everything else um let's jump into some i I have some questions that i i i want to ask you guys um favorite characters i know you went through your favorite characters from each trilogy but specific to this movie any favorite characters or characterizations that we see here oh han a hundred percent han absolutely i'm i'm with him like every time he's on the screen my heart just like pitter patters. I just, I could just watch, I could watch Return of the Jedi Han all day. Absolutely. Charlie. You know, it's a, uh, it's a split, uh, really between Luke and Vader. Um, mm. the, the juxtaposition, you know, Vader pulls a 180 in this, or at least in his public persona, or potentially just unlocking what's in his heart, finding the thing in life. And again, for me personally, watching any, storyline that released between fathers and sons you know this interaction um uh the you know uh the, you know the adama father and son in Battlestar galactica is the biggest one that comes to mind uh you know uh professor jones jr and senior in indiana jones uh just father and son stuff really speaks to me and this was one that you know for everything that vader sacrificed uh, for Palpatine uh, and for the, the promise that Palpatine didn't deliver, which was saving Padme's life. And then, you know, Vader spends the next 25 years just doing whatever they will. He's my master and this and that. The, the, the straw that broke the camel's back is that here is my great master going to fry my son because my son has more balls than I did to stand mm-hmm. up to him. And he's like, he said, this is the one that's 
worth dying for. This is the sacrifice to fulfill my destiny, which is to, to destroy the Sith, which unfortunately he doesn't actually end up doing. Thanks, Rise of Skywalker. Um, so after after that long spiel, I think Vader is my favorite character in this film because mm. he does uh, he does you know like the Roxette told us, listen to your heart. Uh, and he does. He does. He ultimately lets that drive his boat. And I think that's I think that's one of the most satisfying parts of this film. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you mentioned Luke before uh, you, you dove a deep dive into, into Vader. And for me, this one was like it was that story of Luke. And I, I loved the, seeing all of the characters kind of hit that realization point. But uh, for me as a young boy from kind of nowhere watching these movies when I was young, it was always like, okay, this kid kind of came from nowhere, nothing, whatever, and is now this badass Jedi master. And it was kind of that like evolution of, of seeing what you could become and seeing what you could do to meet the challenge of no matter what it is that's thrown at you, uh, you could, you could kind of do that. You could, you could meet that challenge and exceed that and, uh, and, and become a master. Uh, even if, you know, we, we saw in the, the last movie that, that, Yoda was saying, like, if you leave now and you go save your friends, you're, you're going to fail. And he didn't. He came back. He kept going. He pushed through. And you can. So Luke's, Luke's kind of uh, growth in this, and you see where when you look back and see that he started off as a farm boy and come to, to this one. And I think that's, again, why when I watch that opening scene and it's Luke dressed in black that badass man in black kind of thing coming down and it's like oh yeah okay this is like not only is it like just cool to watch is like whatever you know 10 or whatever but like now watching it it's like this is it this is this is where he becomes the legend Mm -hmm. and this is this is that first step of becoming more than himself you know becoming that that oh you you know luke skywalker's real i thought he was just a myth i thought like this is it this you're watching that bit happen right now where you know uh tatooine is like again going back to tatooine you see like that's where stuff happens and this that's that's you know that he, he planted those seeds for that myth to grow um so yeah that's for, for me it's that uh i already talked about my favorite scene in this, anyone else have a favorite scene? M, you want to start off like specifically, just what's what's great to you? Oh, you know what? Like, I have to choose from like five or six. Let's say um, favorite scene, like that I could just watch on a loop over and over and over again, is probably Leia rescuing Han. Mm-hmm. Like when she takes him, scene. when she like thaws him out and has him in her arms. Yeah. That's yeah. it always it always hits so powerfully. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just yeah, that yeah, that that's uh such such a great like and because you don't really know what to expect. Your first time watching, like now you watch it and you're just like, oh yeah, she's right. <laughs> but like the first time watching that scene, you're like, who is this person? They're rescuing Han. Are they rescuing Han? Yeah. Is right. it someone else that's trying to kill Han? Like right. what's going on? And it's like someone who loves you. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is so cool. And, and it's 
you know, and it's like, been pointed out previously how Carrie was like directed to make her body language different in mm-hmm. the in the bounty hunter outfit. Mm-hmm. So it's like when she's coming down the stairs and she hits the wind, chi- the wind chimes, you can't necessarily see Princess Leia in her body right. language, you know? Right. So genius. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlie? The one-two punch, and again, I've, I, I talked about it quite a bit in, in my last bout of blathering, but, you know, watching uh, Anakin pick up uh, Papa Palpatine and give him the chuck um, is magnificent. Yeet. But 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 yeah, yeet. But <laughs> what really follows, um, is, you know, Luke Luke cradling him and then you know dragging him to the lip of uh, to, to the lip of the shuttle to Deary, the, the shuttle and laying them flat and then popping the mask off and you know let me look on you with my own eyes and and you know having that you know father I won't leave you I just being someone who has very you know had a a, a difficult relationship with my dad growing up and. In, really difficult relationship I had with my two sons um, that speaks to me in new and different ways as I get older. Um, mm. And I can, o- I, I know that that's the way that I feel. You know, my dad recently had a very major back surgery when I saw him afterwards, he was fine, but I wasn't fine. You know, I wasn't fine. It was, it was the mortality of that, uh, that brought me to tears when it was, because it was just he and I just went to go visit him because I was in town and it was, it was challenging for me. Um, mm. So that moment, Will always be one of the one of, if not the most powerful moment in in all of the films for me, um, mm-hmm. because it touches me so personally. Which is what great storytelling is supposed to do. Excellent. That's deeper than I expected it to go, Charlie. I, that's, what, that's what I defying expectations. I love that it. is I love my it. middle name. Put that on my tombstone. Defying I expectations. I, I do have to add another another one that just popped into my head. Um, basically seeing your shirt um, is when Leia first meets <laughs> Wicked. And that that bit of interaction where you see most of the most of the people on the planet are dismissive, if not aggressive toward the Ewoks, and she shows that like, no, come on over here. Come on, like sit down. I'm not a threat. You know, like I'm going to let's, let's handle this diplomatically. You can see <laughs> that like diplomacy, but also respect mm-hmm. for, and she, she is such the ultimate Jedi, even more than, than Luke or anyone else that you see it, even when she's not being a Jedi or she hasn't had training, she's just, she has that compassion for creatures. And I always, I love that scene. Uh, and that's, you know, it, it's, it's such a, um, instilled way of how I approach um, any kind of like wildlife or anything that I see <laughs> that I'm just like, come on, let's be friends. Come over here. I've got treats. Let's be, let's be buds. Uh, and we'll help, we'll help uh, take down an empire sometime. Uh, my animal buddies. So that, that's another one for me. Um, all right. couple of questions to end this overall importance for the star Wars saga. This is like, like not just your personal, what do you think the overall importance for this one is in this Star Wars saga? And on a personal note, where does it rank for you? I think we've discussed this pretty heavily so far, but Charlie, I don't think we've discussed it for you. So I want to hear your 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 ranking for this one in your personal favorites. I mean, I definitely I, I do I do feel like we talked about it and I kind of flubbed it if you remember a couple episodes ago. I'm like here I and I yeah. talked for like <laughs> three minutes and I'm like, oh, 
that was all incorrect. Let me let me dial it back. But I'll, I'll go with the first one uh, first. This was um, <clears throat> this movie has kind of been robbed in recent years because it gave us a great definitive ending to the villain that we uh, that you know the true architect of everything who we saw you know in, in just a moment uh, in the Empire Strikes Back and then fully fleshed out so to speak. Uh, in this film, you know the 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 cripply old emperor. We thought, you know what, this guy, uh, his you know his his death uh, muddled things for the empire. The empire fractured, <clears throat> and that's how they were ultimately defeated. Well, unfortunately, uh, it didn't because blah blah blah. Force survived and ended up on Exegol and Snoke and yada 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 sequel trilogy. Um, but for the time, um, th- this was. You know, th- this was the third act of a three-act play. Uh, you know, evil is defeated somewhat soundly, or at least that's what, as seven-year-old me, who got, you know, yanked out of school in the middle of the week so that my mom and I could take us to see this movie, super awesome parenting, which I totally thumbs up, <laughs> um, you know, to this day. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the significance of this has been kind of peed on, uh, for lack of a better expression, uh, through the efforts of the sequel trilogy and, and the, the very controversial uh, events of The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but trying, trying to keep it positive, uh, I think that this was, this was the definitive uh, triumph of good over evil for my little seven-year-old brain. And I found this movie to be highly... Uh, significant to the over to, to everything, certainly up to that point. So, Em, I do want to hear what your position is on on the importance of this. But Charlie, I do want to ask you something because I know you're an MCU fan. Uh huh. I know you're a comic fan. Uh huh. You saying that this movie is kind of made less by the sequels. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Winter Soldier. Because the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, let's just stick with MCU, but I mean, this can go to comics as well. Uh, You think Hydra's defeated, they win World War II, Steve sacrifices himself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, This is, to me, very similar. So when I watch the sequels, it's a very similar kind of thing. It's like, they think they won. Right. They think they're successful, but it shows what a master uh, Sidious is. And right. it shows how many steps ahead he is that mm. he's had these contingencies. And it's not, I will admit, not fleshed out enough in the movies, but we've ha- since had it fleshed out in, in other ways mm. that he's had these contingencies. That's where Ray's parents come from, blah, blah, blah. Um, but to, to me, it's a very Hydra-esque move. It's a very Winter Soldier-esque play of, no, we've just been infiltrating things in the background. We've been growing. We've been doing this. We've taken over S.H.I.E.L.D. We're so far in that you have no idea. You're, you can have your celebration, and it can last for an MCU's uh, world, you know, 70 years in this world, 30 years, right. but eventually we're going to come back and we're going to show you like, no, nah, you didn't quite defeat us. So it's to me very similar with, with one of my favorite MCU movies, which is winter soldier. All right. And, uh, and you see that mad play in the background. And, and to me, so that like, like I said, they didn't flesh it out as much, but, uh, learning more as we have over the last couple of years since rise came out. Right. Um, 
I've just I've I've got such an appreciation for for that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do, it's 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 not weird. not quite for you. It, it's it's weird as a comic fan uh, and knowing that you know Hydra never really went away and the whole and Bucky being dead was one of those unbroken comic book deaths until right. until you know two thousand and six or seven when the Winter Soldier story broke. Um, as someone who is so deeply rooted in that, I didn't think about it in that way, but you're absolutely, you are absolutely correct. That, that does hit those notes without a doubt. So yeah, I, I, I give you that. I will give you that. <laughs> the you next next time you, you rewatch the saga, you're going to be like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Winter Soldier. Let's watch that first. And I'll be primed and ready to go. It's called uh, Arnim Zola is Palpatine. Yeah. There we go. You, you got it. Uh, M. What are your feelings overall on the importance of this one to the star, the, the Star Wars saga, the Skywalker story? And uh, I mean, we know it, where it ranks in your favorites, but uh, <laughs> you divulge a little bit more of, of why uh, this is so important. Yeah, of course. So, well, if, you know, as to its place in the Skywalker saga, like, I mean, if they, I think it does this thing that is so that is one of the things that has contributed to the longevity of the Star Wars franchise, which is that it not only ties up loose ends in a satisfying way, but it also clears the path like for new stories. You know, it becomes so evident to us that there's a lot more to being a Jedi. You know, like it, it, it piques us to have this interest in like, what's Luke going to do next? You know, this is the closing of one emotional journey for him. But he obviously, you know, has so much more that he's that he's there's so much more that he's capable of. And there's so much more that he's going to do, you know, and and I think that that sort of implied possibility, you know, as as the story ends that is what hooks people you know everyone wants a good story right so when you have a little taste that there could be more that's gonna like live inside of your brain mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um so I, I just i think it was just the perfect ending to that particular arc um and i loved that it was the redemption story of darth vader you know it was like there was this battle for his soul and mm-hmm. and luke won you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of why I love telling people if they haven't seen like a couple of summers ago, I had someone that had never seen Star Wars and they asked me what my order to watch. And that's why I recommend watching the prequels after Empire. Mm-hmm. Right. So you watch Empire, you yep. find out like, right, right, you right. know, I'm your father. Yep. It's like, how? It's like machete, yeah, machete order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. you watch those prequels and you find out, but then you immediately watch Return and you see that redemption finished. And it's such a perfect kind of like, how the hell did he get this way? Oh, here's how he got that way. Bam, redemption. Like, yeah. It is my favorite way to watch that story because four, of four, how that five. redemption is. One, two, three, six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, well, four, Rogue One. Oh, right. Five, one, two, three, six. Rogue One, four. Five. Uh, depends. I like starting with the original. <laughs> I like starting with A New Hope and then watching but, Rogue One. Because I'm broken, Charlie. Okay. You know I'm broken. So, Switch. yeah. And I mean, and I mean it's Switch so great. Broken. It's so great to to see the journey that Anakin takes to, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, because in the end, like, 
he's so relatable because in the mm. end, like he just like everyone, he wants love and belonging, you know, and and his story through the prequels is a story of abandonment and of having to walk away from things that he loved and from things that were important to him and of trying to place duty above above the heart and that's never going to work that doesn't mm. work for anybody like everybody has emotional needs you know and there's almost nobody in this world that can neglect you know the yearnings of their heart for that long you know especially in the name of a cause that they didn't even like he didn't even sign up for this you know mm -hmm. like some rando uh, showed up and told him yeah. he was a powerful force user and now this is his responsibility right. and it's like you know like he it's, it's not even like he was sort of recruited or indoctrinated into the cause you know mm -hmm. and um you said, you said walk away but it, it, it's it's more like he was torn away he was torn away it's true like it's yeah you're right you know, it's like, true it's, it's true it's, a lot of it was not done violent, yeah, yeah a lot of it was done under duress it's, this mm -hmm. is true um you know but like but even like symbolic abandonments like yoda not listening to him like it is so clear to me watching the prequels that Yoda never engaged with Anakin on an emotional level. And he was not equipped to be an advisor to Anakin because he did not acknowledge or speak to that part of like, he did, he never spoke to Anakin's heart. He was always trying to deal with him, like with his Jedi mind, you mm -hmm. know, he was trying to be sort of like a living Jedi text. And he very seldom spoke to Anakin about emotions. And that was like one of his great failures of guidance in Anakin, you know? And yeah. so, you know, but then Luke shows up and one of the, one of the things that I talked about when I, when I talked about this, um, you know, the, the final minutes of Return of the Jedi on a podcast of the Wills, like the canon studies of Nick, was I talked about how the difference between the what the Emperor is saying and what Luke is doing in front of Vader. Because if you truly want to touch people and you want them to change their ways, the best way to do that is to lead by example. So it's Luke who's saying, like, I will not fight you. Luke is trying to be nonviolent. Luke is is trying to is and and even even when he does engage in fight in a fight with Vader, it's because the name of Leia has been evoked. You know, and it's it's protectiveness for his sister. So it's like even when he does fight, it's out of love. You know, he is the embodiment of somebody who is living out the principles of like love, connection, and belonging. And that is the thing that Anakin has been longing for his entire life. So now he's finally seeing this this shining example of what he's been wanting this whole time. So, you know, how could he not? How could he not change his mind? You know, because cause what, what Palpatine is trying to do is he's trying to lay down a narrative. You know, when you try to lay down a narrative and you try to tell people, like, oh, this is how it is, and you give them, like, facts, you're mm. not going to change their mind. People don't change their mind based on being talked at. People change their mind based on witnessing someone who like witnessing a different example witnessing something like a, a a change of mind a change of life a different perspective you know and that's what luke presents to vader in that moment and so that's what leads him to his redemption wow. for sure see this is the kind of deep dive i love <laughs> it's good i could listen to you talk about star wars literally all day the shovel like, the shovel is in motion <laughs> it's digging can you dig it amazing oh, amazing oh my. Um, sadly, we can't keep.
keep going all day That's because I eventually we have to sleep. And uh, <laughs> so I think we will end it there. Em, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much it for having me. I've had a wonderful a time. Pleasure. Not not only to have you on the show, but to have you on specifically for this episode, for a movie we both love so much, and uh, it, it's been a delight. So uh, please tell people where they can find you online, and, and once again, thank you. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you again. It's, I've had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Both of you have been so gracious and it's just been wonderful. I've had a wonderful, wonderful evening. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Hutzleia, H-U-T-T-S-L-E-I-A, ship who you want. All ships are valid. Um, also, you can find the uh, the live stream every Friday night at 9.30 Eastern Time on YouTube. Um, you can find us at youtube.com slash C slash Pink Milk Podcast. Um, or you can find us on Twitter at Serving Pink Milk. My goodness. And I uh, can be found, as always, on Twitter at the C3. Spell it on out. Uh, when I'm not warzing it up, I'm trekking it up, as I had mentioned the wife and I. Run the West Michigan chapter of the Starfleet, Star, Starfleet International Fan Club chapter of the USS Grand Petoskey. Find Are you a Star Trek fan, too? Uh, I love everything. I do. Okay. I do. I'm a ca- I'm a casual fan of Star Trek. Right. I'm, I'm a fan of Star Trek the way that Tom is a fan of Star Wars. Got it. All right. Okay, good, good, good. good, good. So, Sorry, anyhow, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, I just saw okay. like the little like hand raising thing, and I was like, okay. "Oh no, two trekkies!" It, 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 oh, no. it did not escape my attention. USS, <laughs> USS Grand Petoskey can be found at that website and on all socials. Uh, Trekkers of the world, we want to hear from you, and that's it for me. Perfect. You can find me at uh, pretty much. I think like Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, TikTok, pretty much everywhere as the underscore Canardian. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention, I smell like a Jedi today. I got some Dr. Squatch soaps, the Star Wars special. You can see it behind me, the, the special case that they come in. Uh, right now, I currently smell like Obi-Wan Kenobi, apparently. So, uh, uh, so like it's fun stuff. sand? Like an old man okay. that lives in the desert. What? Yeah, definitely like an old man that lives in the desert. <laughs> I can't have it. Have uh, the, the, funniest, the funniest thing about this soap, if you haven't seen it, there's two, um, like, there's like one pack, but like, so it's a uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan and Yoda. I can't wait to smell like a ketamine dyslexic uh, frog ninja. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a fun month. Um, but the, the, the Darth Vader soap is extra gritty. And I'm like, did they put sand in the Darth Vader soap? Because that is just oh, mean. That's just mean. Uh, but it's... that's yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, Doctor Squatch. They haven't like sponsored this show, but I just I had to. I, I was like, Star Wars soap, sign me up because I have money and a credit card and zero impulse control. Doctor Squatch, um, you're on notice. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's where you can find me, smelling like Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, hanging out on the internet. Yes, the uh, internet. The- when the yeah. internet becomes smellovision, friends. <laughs> thank you for joining us. I would tell you as always that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you, Rex. Play us out. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. 
If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.